Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hey, Holly, how are you? Hey, doing good. How are you doing? Good. You're looking spiffy. I do try to uh, abide by the dress code. Yeah. And... You know, I, I think like wearing something nice and doing my makeup. I didn't do my hair today, but I usually like curl my hair. Um, oh, I like how it looks. Thanks. It's just I wash it this morning. So I try and not put like as much heat. I try and like limit the heat that I put on my hair. But I think like wearing a cute outfit, wearing makeup, like helps me like enjoy going to work a little bit. So, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's definitely like gloomy and rainy out and I'm not looking forward to going out in there. <laughs> I know that I haven't done a very good job with my New Year's resolution of taking the dogs for walks more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to do it today, but then of course it's raining on the day where I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I had a pretty chill week. As far as weeks go, I mean, it was obviously busy. You know, every week is busy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, Wednesday night, I met my new yoga teacher at that apartment and handed off. So, so my Wednesday nights are now free. So that's great. That's good. Yeah, and she was really cool. Uh, I, I think she's going to be a really good fit. So I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. And I'm trying to think what else happened this week. Oh, I had a really good call with my seo person so like a a few months ago i started you know i employed an seo company to help me with my seo because i feel like that's kind of the missing piece of the puzzle you know Mm -hmm. and i love them they've done a lot of blog work for me and stuff and we had a really good meeting they're just like i don't know I feel like I kind of lucked, I've lucked out a lot with people I've worked with because I feel like I've landed really good people to work with because he just like really wants to help and like actually like cares to make it successful, not just like transactional, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably like attract those type of people because of like your business and like, yeah. So I I think you can tell, I think you can tell even by like, digital communication if people are like good or not you know good fit yeah yeah I think so so yeah that's positive I did have my first um because they've been working on like my organic traffic and stuff and I did have the first like yoga at work come to me naturally this week Um, yeah and it was just like some random company um they're austin based so there was probably a little bit of that mixed in but Uh it was a virtual class that they wanted to do and i was like well how did you find me google 
So okay, then that's that I is it's working. The, that's worth the price right there. Yeah. So hopefully that okay. keeps up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. So it was very exciting. So that was we did that class on Monday. It's always nice when your efforts start paying off. It is. Yeah. We just even need if it's a, small. Yeah. A little ripple effect, hopefully. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was like, you know, because last time we talked, I was saying, you know, like life has been busy and I just need a a bunch of positives to keep me going. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of timely, you know, I guess we can take a note from um, April from French fried vintage. She was always saying, like, speak it. You know, you got to yeah. put it out there. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you manifest, you put it out into the universe yeah. and it manifested itself. So I'm manifesting more yoga at work clients to come to me. Right. We need more SEO related or like not related, but as, as clients as a result of SEO coming through. Yeah. And then I guess on that note, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story about like calling apartments. I saw, I actually just saw it this morning because at first um, it said stepping out of my comfort zone with a little phone emoji. And I was like, what? I honestly, yeah. I don't think I knew that you hated talking on the phone. I mean, I kind of assume most people these days don't like talking on the phone, but yeah. Yeah, every like you and I have never been phone talkers. We've always been texters, so that hasn't come up. Mm-hmm. But I have a few friends who are phone talkers, mm-hmm. and like we've kind of had to be like, I've had to be like, I you can't be offended if I don't answer your phone call. Like it's yeah. like you know, like it's it, it just I have to be in the right mood to talk on the phone, and like yeah, which is funny because like this is kind of like talking on the phone, but for some reason it's different. I don't know why, <laughs> but. I just like don't like talking on the phone and mm-hmm. thankfully like my job doesn't require me to do a lot of that like as long as it's scheduled like I'm fine with it but what I did to step out of my comfort zone trying to manifest things for myself because we can't wait for everything to come to us was calling apartment complexes because like I have like a relationship with this national chain because they require like me to go through like some it was that whole annoying thing of getting like certified to teach on their property, but yeah. it's like a national chain of apartments. And so I was like, okay, let me start reaching out to more now because I'm teaching at two. And there's probably like at least 10 more in Austin alone. There's like 500 nationwide. Okay. Um, and so like I emailed all of them. And of course there's not like an email address. You have to like submit a request for information form or whatever, you know, and yeah. then, they'll send me an email back like, oh, you want to rent from us? And I'm like, no, actually, I'm trying to teach at your place. And then they never respond. So like that went nowhere. And then I was like, okay, well, let me message them on Instagram. So I messaged a bunch of them on Instagram, went nowhere. And I'm like, am I going to have to call these people? And apparently I do because... I had to call them. Like I left a few voicemails because of course, you know, there's not always someone to pick up immediately. But there were two people I talked to and they were like really receptive and like just it was a pretty easy conversation and they were excited to like, you know, bring yoga. So hopefully I hear back from them within the next week to like kind of seal the deal. So I was like, all right, I guess I just got to pick up the phone sometimes and call people. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had a good response. So you doesn't like scare you into not doing it. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. I was like, thank God. One of them was cool. It was like an affordable housing complex. Okay. Um, so I kind of got to tell her about like why I'm doing what I'm doing to make, yeah. you know, healthcare or, you know, wellness more accessible. And I was like, you're making housing more accessible. I'm trying to make wellness more accessible. Sounds like a good partnership, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that was my week. What about you? I wouldn't say I had a chill week, but I feel like I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like I'm finally starting to get in a groove. It feels like it's taken me so long, but I feel like I'm starting to get in a groove that works for me as far as like juggling the amount of freelance work that I have with my retail job and like finding time in there to like, really what I wanted to share today was two like content things that I've consumed. So it's like, I found time to like, actually like watch TV, read, walk mm. up. And I did my, I know like when this podcast comes out, I think it'll be either what January 31st. That sounds right. So I already did like my invoicing for January. And if anyone listening follows me on Instagram, I be, I'm really transparent about the money that I'm bringing in. Just, I calculate everything at the end of the month to see kind of where things shook out. And this is in, in January, my, my bare minimum goal is always to bring in $4,000, no matter how it gets there. And in December, it was like $4,100. And that was between retail, freelance, and my Etsy shop, but retail was really a bulk of where that money came from. And I would like the tides to shift a little on that. So when I did all my calculations uh, this week for the month of January, it's at like, it's something like $3,200 from freelance, $1,400 from retail. And I haven't looked at my Etsy numbers yet. So it's like, I surpassed my, I'm at like, $4,600, something like that, um, surpassed my bare minimum goal and making more in freelance than in retail. So I feel really, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'll ever feel great about my situation, but like, I feel Mm. good about that. It doesn't give me like anxiety. And I'm like, I did it. I managed it. Like I managed it without making myself sick. I have found time to like, you know, I've been, taking time at the end of the day to like take a bath. I've been making myself like a little cup of tea at night, trying not to like just drink wine. I try and think like, do I want one or do I really just want to make tea or like sit and read or whatever? So. Did Leah rub off on you? (laughs) (laughs) The whole drinking before bed thing is something that like I have grappled with since the pandemic. Um, I think my friend Sheena is the only person that I've really talked to about this because it's like, God, it sounds so awful, but there have been so many times when like, I will get into bed with a glass of wine and like, I will stay up to like drink more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And then I wake up in the morning and there's like a wine glass on my nightstand. And it's just like, not ever like, cause then I'm, sometimes I won't wash my face. Like it just leads to other Mm -hmm. decisions that I don't know. I get it. Yeah. Um, so I try and really like 
having a glass of wine with my dinner or pre-bed is always like, I'm always down for that. But I try and be like, okay, let's maybe not take the wine glass into the bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, I I know every week is not going to feel like this, but I'm like, it's like even on Friday, like I finished my freelance work by about 1230 and I had to, I did have to go to work like at 4 PM, but that gave me 90 minutes of like total free time, which probably sounds so silly, but I was so freaking pumped. I was like 90 minutes. I watched a whole TV show. And then I was like, I just like ate lunch, like in peace. So uh, it's whatever, <laughs> like small wins, but my two content things that I wanted to share were that I watched, I watched Velma like oh god how was it okay this is so funny because when i heard this was coming out i was so excited because i loved watching scooby-doo as a kid like yeah obsessed and so i was like okay this sounds fun and then i heard it was like mindy kaling which i'll be Mm. honest i don't feel any which way about mindy kaling it's like I said, don't feel any which way because I am not a fan of The Office and I just haven't watched anything else she's done, which I am I know I've heard like uh, Sex Lives of College Girls is really good. I just haven't watched it. Um, so I was like, OK, um, had really no thoughts about the Mindy Kaling thing, but I was like, I'm going to watch it. And the first before I watched the first episode, the reviews of it were not good that I heard. Yeah, but I've always been one to be like, no, I want to see for myself, you know? So I literally just like, I watched it while I was taking a bath one night. Like I put it on my iPad and was watching it and I really like it. I don't know if this is what people are getting hung up on, but it's really like the only thing that makes it like a Scooby-Doo related thing is like the names and the looks of the characters. Like it's Velma, Daphne, and Fred are in it. And it's like all mm. when they're like in high school. Okay. Um, Cause it's like her origin story or whatever. It's not the same tone as Scooby-Doo. Like it's a modern, even though it's her origin story which would have been a very long time ago. Cause mm. I mean, I think Scooby-Doo came out in like the eighties. Yeah. So, I mean, her origin story technically would have been in like in the six seventies, like, mm. but it's a modern, like, they're in a modern high school and they're there's they're having conversations about modern things like um they make references to like the me too movement and like modern issues but it it is like velma daphne and fred i think it's just fun i think people may be just like taking it way too serious i don't know because people are like oh why does every show have to be so woke now and it's like well Mm -hmm. i think I don't know, but there's still, she's still solving a mystery and it's still like the three of them. They have not like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy have not been like introduced into the mix. I don't know if maybe at the end of the season it will be. And that's like the wrap of the story, but I think it's really fun. Like that's all it is. Like I, if anyone is like thinking about watching it, if you're like a Scooby-Doo fan, I think it's would be fun, but it really has like nothing to do with other than that they solve, they're solving this crime or whatever. But I think it has a lot of like funny things. And I really like like high school drama type stuff. So I think that's mm-hmm. probably why I like it because they're high school students and like 
women, girls at their school are being murdered. And so they're trying to solve this, the murder. It's funny. So that's good that, to know. Yeah. It's on I HBO might check Max. it out then. Yeah. I've been seeing it and I'm like, I don't know, maybe. And I'm not always a big fan of like animated things, you know? Okay. It, I will say, uh, honestly, watching the first two episodes, because I think there's five episodes out right now, which I got all caught up on them. And then they drop episodes, an episode every Thursday. Um, it kind of reminds me in a little bit of ways of Daria. It, not so much in all the writing, but like the character of Daphne reminds me of Quinn. And mm-hmm. the character of Fred reminds me of um, the football player. I think his mm-hmm. name is Kevin. I don't remember, um, but yeah, I know you're talking really about. like ditzy, yeah. Um, but really like sharp humor from all the characters, and the animation of it sort of reminds me of like a Kim Possible type style. Okay. So it is for adults, like it, it, it's and it definitely like I think there was a lot of discussion about like Velma's sexuality over the years, and so it touches mm-hmm. on that. So it's enjoyable. It's cute. If you want like something like I've been watching it like before I go to bed because it's just like silly. And I finished reading my Christmas book that I started in <laughs> December, which it wasn't really so great of a book, um, but I was excited to finish it because I started reading a book that I bought myself last year. It is this book called Ice Capades, a memoir of fast living and tough hockey by Sean Avery, which I know you're probably not a hockey fan, Derek, Mm -mm. but going to hockey games was something that my dad and I did a lot together, especially after my parents got divorced. My dad lived across the street from a hockey arena. So when I would go to like my weekends with my dad, we would almost always go to a hockey game. So my dad, I think I mentioned this, he was like a sports journalist. So he taught me a lot about the rules of hockey. And um, when I moved to Austin and like, didn't know anybody, I went to a lot of like hockey games, just on a Saturday night, I'd go by myself and watch the games. And Sean Avery is like one of the first players that I really like admired because he is a super controversial player he's one that like you know he beats everybody up like he is like (laughs) like, bad boy and he's also like fine as hell Um, to look him up let me look him up (laughs) keep talking yeah look him up he is fine as hell um and I saw this, I didn't know that he wrote a memoir. I, when I was looking, when I was buying gifts for Christmas presents for people, I was at the thrift store and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. So I started reading this book and I have read another hockey memoir. I read Wayne Gretzky's memoir, which is so funny because Wayne Gretzky is probably the antithesis of Sean Avery. Um, I think Wayne Gretzky is like the darling of hockey and Mm -hmm. Sean Avery is like determined to like kick everyone's ass. Um, (laughs) So I am like a third of the way through the memoir and I'm not going to sit here and say it's like great writing, but the story like he's very honest about like how he approached the game and like why he decided to go in and like establish himself like as that person I feel Mm -hmm. like he gives like a kind of behind the scenes look at 
almost like the hockey industry. Like he explains a lot about like how they work with their agents, how they work with like insurance, like dealing with like short-term disability, if you get seriously injured. And he talks a lot about like the drugs that hockey players were using, like prescription drugs, like before the games, blah, blah, blah. Like, so I still have a lot, a long way to go, but it's very interesting so far. And I'm just like, so I always love when I get my hands on like a good book and I'm like, okay, now I can like get into this. And I'm excited to like YouTube all the fights that he is talking about (laughs) in the book. That's fun. Yeah. It's, it is like a good, I'm, always like relieved to pick up a good book after like possibly a mediocre one yeah that's fair i still have to finish my book for this month thankfully it's short so i don't get in trouble i was gonna ask you about the book club because i thought i thought she posted something but (laughs) she did she'll do like a mid-month check-in to see how people are liking it and stuff Uh but i didn't respond because i haven't read it um have you started it no Oh my gosh. <laughs> this month really has been insane. I may have to like start next month. But next month I am actually taking a vacation. So I'll actually have time to read. So that'll be nice. Yeah, that will be. Yeah. Yeah, this month has just been absolutely insane. I really haven't had that much time to myself. Um, but I'm working on it. So. Cool. Well, sounds like we both had pretty positive weeks. That's good. Yeah. Like we weren't negative in this intro. So that was a change of pace for us. Usually we have something to bitch about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy that like the month is coming to an end. Yeah, no kidding. I feel good about it. I think like I had another screenwriters meeting and like we all kind of put together like this spreadsheet of like all the things that we want to Um, like contests that we want to enter this year, fellowships we want to apply for. And it's like, okay, you know, some of the entries are coming up soon. Like for me personally, I have an entry coming up in March and it's like, okay, wow, reality check, like time to buckle down and like not only write the script, but like get, you know, get my, my group to help me edit it and Mm -hmm. get it in the best possible shape to submit it. So it's like, wow, it's crazy. Um, because honestly, like, I feel like last summer I looked up the dates as to like, when, when am I going to submit my script? And it's like, oh, in March. And it's like, here we go. Like now that's just like not too far away. Yeah. No shit. Especially because February is a short month. Um, so our guest this week is one of my new favorite people, probably. She's my business coach and we talk about how it was introduced to her in the pod, so I won't get into that. But Chelsea with, why am I blanking on the name of Intuitive Business Mentor? That was just such an enlightening conversation. And I just love hearing her talk because she's just so smart and like so knowledgeable and just comes from like such a needed angle with business mentoring because like you know kind of at the beginning of this interview i actually said you know i've kind of lucked out with people i've worked with obviously she's one of them but i actually talked to a different business coach before her and did not work with him because it was just not the vibe you know he was like 
you know, really hanging his hat on that he made his business into like a seven figure business and then sold it for all this money. And like, was like trying to like, like, I was just like, that's not what I'm trying to do here, you know? And he was just like very capitalist. And I was like, this is not going to work out. And so like, I kind of hung that up for a while and then found Chelsea and just with her human design focus. And then just like how she tailors everything. And it's not pressured. It's like, what what does success mean to you is what she's more you know she doesn't try to define your success for you yeah yeah i actually uh didn't even know that there were you know people doing the kind of work that she does so talking Mm -hmm. to her was really interesting and it's cool that like she's definitely filling that gap yeah and it's needed because Like, I mean, thankfully, I have, you know, my business background and a lot of family that has had small businesses. I've learned a lot, you know, both from education and from, you know, watching and learning, but it's not easy. So whenever you can find someone to help you navigate, you know, those waters, it's so helpful. So if anyone out there is looking for an intuitive business mentor who's not going to stress you out. <laughs> She's actually going to help you because that's a lot of the times what happens is, you know, those kind of people end up just stressing you out. But every conversation I've had with Chelsea about my business, I've just walked away with so many tangible things that I can actually do to, to improve my business. So well, I'm excited for everyone to hear her. Here she comes. I'm coming. I'm coming. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm in my best headphones, microphones. I'm I'm good. Yeah, that that microphone kicked in real solid. Yeah, does it sound better? (laughs) Yeah, it sounds great. Cool, cool, cool. It's like you have a podcast yourself or something. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Holly, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. I'm yeah, so excited. Is... I was like, oh, I have to go do a podcast, but I don't have to do my hair or makeup and I get to pour a glass of wine. This is the best idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> is your podcast like, is there a video aspect to your podcast as no, well? No, because I'm oh, okay. like, you okay. know, a lot of times I record it on Sundays, like while my husband's with my son and it's just like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lifestyle, lifestyle choices. (laughs) Exactly. And working from home, like, I don't have to get ready, you know. Right? Not to rub it in, Holly. Yeah. Oh, so wait, how do you, (laughs) tell me the backstory real quick. How do you two know each other? So we, we met in college. I mean, and I just only hesitate on that because like, we had a class together and we were friends, but we didn't become like, true friends yeah until okay. after college and how yeah. oh, it was the boxing gym yeah, yeah we ran into each other at the gym and I remember Derek was like do you remember me like we were at Abercrombie I'm like oh my god yeah and yeah. That, that was when we like really became friends I feel oh cool yeah cool because I was on my way out of Abercrombie kids whenever you came in as their back house manager right? yeah okay. yeah yeah so yeah. and you just back. launched this podcast like in the past six months, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, in October. Cool. This is episode 13. 
Oh, lucky 13. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Right? Um, yeah, but we've been friends for a long time. Um, Holly lived in Baton Rouge for a while. And then she moved to Austin, what, like seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I happened to end up in Austin, you know, mm-hmm. a year and a half or so ago. And so that was a really nice way for us to reconnect. I mean, we were always pretty connected, but mm-hmm. and it's not like we hang out all the time that I'm here. We're both kind of homebodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the podcast has been a really great way for us to hang out more. Fun. Fun. Mm-hmm. I am like an open book. <laughs> Pretty much any topic you want to go on, I'm probably going to be game for. So, <laughs> Well, the most important question is, what are you drinking? I'm just having a glass of red wine. See, for once, I'm not. <laughs> we don't have much in the house, but I was like, I do know that we have a little bit left of a bottle. I'm going to go grab it. <laughs> Pretty much every episode, I'm like, red wine, red wine, yeah. red wine. And I, I told myself I was going to actually make a cocktail. So that made it oh. Oh, I'm Made jealous. a Cosmo, but it's in a, in a fancy champagne glass. flute. It's a champagne <laughs> it <looks> flute. <laughs> it is good. I was worried because like they were out of like, like just regular, or I guess regular cranberry juice is yeah. not cranberry juice cocktail. You know, two different things. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cranberry juice cocktail has all the added sugar. <laughs> yeah. And so I was trying to get the regular, just not. You know, straight up cranberry juice, mm-hmm. but they were out of that, of course. So, mm-hmm. but it turned out fine, even though it was cocktail. Lovely. Oh, yeah, that's good. I am drinking, I have the bottle here because I literally just like walked in the door from work, but <laughs> I'm drinking. This is, um, I think I mentioned on here before that like I do a wine subscription where like every month you pick like oh, fun. I started doing it in the pandemic and I love it. So, I've gotten this one before, but this is like something I normally would not get, but I actually love it. It's like, it's an orange wine, which I had never had before, Mm. but it's clean, sustainably farmed and vegan. Oh, perfect. It's like, I I don't like sweet, um, sweet stuff. I like really crisp. So I was nervous to get it, but it's so good. Oh, lovely. I'm excited to get to drink this because I'm, this is only the second time I've had it, but. And you have like a lovely glass and I have a jelly jar. A jelly jar. That's amazing. <laughs> what kind of red wine is it? A vessel is a vessel. Uh, I think it's a Malbec. A friend left it here recently Ooh, after dinner. I love a Malbec. <laughs> Malbec too. is yeah, a good too. choice. You too. Uh, I usually stick with Pinot Noir, but every now and uh-huh. then, like a Malbec is really nice. Uh-huh. Or like, if I go out to a Italian restaurant, I always get like a Chianti. It's mm. always a good time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, welcome. Um, I guess we can just kick it off with, why don't you tell us who you are, which is not an easy task, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you have such an interesting backstory, like... I do. Yeah. I'll give like I'll give the two minute of what I used to do. There we go. So then we can be excited about what I do now. But I actually my first career, my first life was as a lawyer. And so I was a small business lawyer, such a perfect pairing for for the name of your podcast. So I graduated law school in 2008 and I went and bought banana republic suits and heels oh. and was like walking the power suit strut. And I worked in a penthouse. And what I found very quickly, although I didn't know at the time really how to articulate it. I was just so out of alignment. I was having anxiety attacks. It was like the perfectionist in me married with A-type personality managers and like every client wants to be your number one. 
And so I slogged through, I was really good at what I did. Like so many, actually I had a client yesterday. I have not practiced law since 2015. I had a client yesterday that was like, I miss you being my lawyer. Can I ask you a question? I was like, well, I don't keep license anymore, but sure, whatever. Um, I loved what I did, especially I did some of the corporate stuff, like bigger deals. Um, At one point I was managing like a $20 million deal, but I loved working with the small businesses. And interestingly, now that we're on the topic, I always had this little side pocket that kind of dovetails to what I do now. I had this little side pocket of referrals, people who'd get referred to me who were, I remember I had a whole slew of referrals that were psychic mediums. Mm. And there was someone who was an energy healer and they would get referred to me and someone would be like, so-and-so said that I should call you and that you're a lawyer, but like, you get me. (laughs) I'd be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, totally. Like you deserve to have contracts as well. You need to set up an LLC. And so I've always just been in the space of alternative health. I grew up with a lot of um, health issues. And my mom was like the avant-garde mom that would take us to the chiropractor and juice and like do all these things that were not cool at the time. And really over the past, you know, in 2015, so what changed I was going through a divorce. My ex-husband and I owned the law firm I was working at at the time and was like, oh. yeah, maybe I'm just done with everything. And um, I wouldn't necessarily encourage people to blow up their entire life at once if things. <laughs> but if we talk about human design, I'm a, I have a line three in my profile and it's about like trial and error and just like living through experience learning through experience. So that's what a big part of the catalyst of me just being like, my entire career has shifted. But while I was a lawyer, I had separately studied to be a business coach. I had somehow convinced my HR, right? That's your background. I had convinced HR at the big law firm I was working at at the time to be like, okay, so I'm, I'm paying for these coaching courses, but it is going to be during my day job hours, but here's how it's going to benefit me in serving your clients. And I like totally pitched this and they let me do it. And I, I got certified as a coach before it was a thing. Like this yeah. was back in 2009, I think 10, maybe oh, that I finished okay. my certification. So like when I used to tell people I was studying to be a coach, they'd be like, oh, for like lacrosse mm-hmm. or like you know, like a sport <laughs> gymnastics and I'm like no 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 not that and but I've always been that person who's like what's the next thing coming like seeing the next wave and so I remember I started doing coaching like some of my first clients there was a woman I was only what 25 at the time maybe 24 and uh, she was like a high level executive at Morgan Stanley and she hired me for like life coaching I was like who am I to be your life coach right yeah. but it was fun. It was honoring to see that like when you actually do coaching instead of what I see a lot of people doing now is just like consulting. There's a big difference Mm -hmm. in my mind. And so when you truly use like coaching frameworks and teach systems, your clients can walk away and like be able to run their life or business without you. And so fast forward, I've been, I've had my hands in direct sales, network marketing. I've done course creation. I've written books. I've had two, three podcasts now. And so over the past decade, I've like had my hands in a lot of things. But during the pandemic, I kind of had a spiritual awakening. I was postpartum anxiety getting through that. I had a pandemic baby. And so was just starting to like get my head around feeling well, honestly, well enough to maybe step back into running a business because I had closed it down during my pregnancy and was like, but if I'm going to do this, who do I really want to work with? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I've coached $20 million earners. I've coached people who getting their first client, like 
if I'm going to do this as my real career again, what, who do I want to help? And I want to help other healers. I want to help healers to have a bigger ripple effect in whatever that means to someone. Maybe they just graduated from a breathwork certification. Maybe they own a virtual yoga studio. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> right? Like maybe they're, I, I just brought on some new clients who are nurse coaches. That's a new thing. Like there's so many new niches where people sign up for certifications or they sign up for a training or a weekend Reiki session, you know, like program. And then they have this idea to turn it into a business, but they kind of need the groundwork and the outside perspective and the coaching. And they don't want to be doing bro marketing and they don't want to be doing hustle culture. And they're like, I want to love this and not resent this business. And so I decided to take all my years of business experience and then wrap it around with a bunch of energetic woo-woo tools and human design and, and to really help people see that like sensitive souls and light workers, whatever people call themselves, like we can take up more space online. And I really think there's going to be a huge shift in the next couple of years where the big gurus, the big names, the, you know, the bro marketers that take a picture of me on, like, leaning against my Lamborghini to entice you to buy my course. <laughs> like, I just think that shit is going to, people are tired of that. And so I want to be like, when you talk about be the change you want to see, it's like kind of me on a soapbox being like people, normal people, you can make a living online, turning your purpose into profit and it doesn't have to feel sleazy. So that's like how I got to where I am. So now I'm a decade into being a coach. Part of that time, I was also a lawyer. Part of that time I was doing a bunch of other stuff, but now I've just like planted myself being like, this is my home. Like I'm going to grow the business and the brand around really what I want to do. So I hope that wasn't too long. <laughs> an answer. Not okay. at all. But what is bro marketing? Like when you say yeah. it, I yeah. think I know what you're talking about, but I want to hear your definition. Yeah. So some <laughs> of the things that really rub me the wrong way, and I've done some of them. So I'm like, if anybody's listening, I sit in no judgment. Like really, if you've ever gotten onto a sales call with someone and they're a coach or they want to sell you a course and it's like, they are there to resolve every objection. They're going to close the deal. Even if it's not a good fit for you. Like I mm -hmm. used to have a ridiculous close rate. If I got someone on the phone call, I was closing them into whatever I was selling. But that wasn't necessarily about the best thing for them. Um, I also think fake urgency is really gross. Like I only have two slots and then you click through and you're like, this is a membership. You have endless spots, right? I, I just think people want honesty. And so anything that anything that makes your nervous system as the potential buyer feel fried as you're trying to explore something, I just feel like is that... Yes, it works, but is it the only way to do it? And I think there's a lot of better ways to do it. Yeah, I think there's something like, I don't know if it's the whole like sales funnel thing or what, but like there's so much, like I, part of what I do is a freelance writer and it's like, there's so much stuff. I see so much stuff on Pinterest that's like, you know, make a million dollars in your first yeah. year as a freelance yeah. writer or whatever. And it's like, okay, that is such Maybe bullshit. Five like, years in and that's okay. Like, well, it's like, or never, like I'm part of yeah. a like freelance group and it's like so much, so many of us are done with like hustling and yeah. it's like, yeah, that is seeing that stuff is so annoying because it, right. even if you don't, even if you're not trying to get to that place, I think it puts a bad taste in people's mouths about what we yeah. actually do and like yeah. how, about how much we charge. I'm like, are you serious? If I was making a yeah. million dollars, like I would 
I, oh my God, I would be a different person. <laughs> right. Well, and I think something that I really want to take a stand for is you can be quote unquote successful running an online business and not even have goals of a seven figure business. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of headaches that come along with running a six figure business or seven figure business. Like a lot of my clients, they might be homeschooling moms or they might be a caregiver. And they're like, if I could make $5,000 a month, like that's life changing for me. That would allow so many different things. Mm -hmm. And there's not much space online for gurus or whoever just teaching the basics of how to launch something and to launch it with sustainability. Because I think there's a lot of people, one of my kind of accountability biz besties and I, we, we screenshot Facebook ads that were like, oh my God. One of them I saw the other day, to your point, Holly, was like, you know, launch and have your first $50,000 month in one year of working with us or all of your money back. And I was like, how can you possibly offer that? You have no idea who these people are if they are actually selling anything valid. And you're just going to say, we can help you make $50,000 a month. And so I, I just think there's a lot more normal, let's say normal people coming online with amazing gifts and expertise and experience and knowledge. And whether you're doing something like freelancing or whether you're doing something that would be stepping into course creation or running programs, it, there can just be a middle ground, you know, like you're not a lame, lazy person. If you want to make $7,500 a month and that would change your world. Great. Let's work backwards from that. You know? Yeah, totally. So whenever I met you, which was yeah. not that long ago, yeah. um, and by the way, I didn't even say at the top, like Chelsea is my business coach. <laughs> so that's how I know Chelsea. <laughs> I actually met Chelsea through a friend that I went to high school with because I just posted on Facebook crowdsourcing, like, I would like to have someone just give my teachers a bit of momentum and tips on how to build their own social media. Because like, you know, my, I can only do so much. My teachers Mm -hmm. have a lot of their own networks who need, you know, their help as well. So So which is right when you launch the studio sorry Derek but it's okay or was it, was it like-, like six months into it around okay. there okay yeah because like you know and it's still we're still like really trying to build momentum yeah but at that point I was kind of like kind of surprised that my teachers weren't able to get more people in their classes by themselves mm. and so I was like how can I like give them more tools because like you know it's whenever i mean whatever you want to call it a healer a sensitive soul it's it can be so sucking to be on oh my god yeah like like, i care so much just come to my class but i have to talk about it and make a slide about it and get on canva and it's like it's so many steps from what they just want to be doing is like helping someone yeah and so i just needed someone to come in and just like kind of like make it not so scary and one that of was really friends, fun i hope i made it not scary <laughs> you did you really did they, they were so appreciative of that and some of them have kept up with it and some of them have not but it, you yeah, know that sure. wasn't the point yeah um and so yeah and one of my high school friends connected me with chelsea and you know smooth sailing since then and yeah uh well i guess we've done two different coaching sessions and yeah uh, overdue for another one probably at this point so i'm sure i'll be <laughs> in know touch you're <laughs> yeah, overdue oh my goodness right? you're a manifester i can't possibly tell you what to do right. it's gonna be like this is what i need <laughs> don't worry we'll get into human design um 
but so kind of where I was going with that was whenever I originally met you, which you know wasn't that long ago, you were your routine queen. Oh, that's right. I rebranded to intuitive to, business mentor. And so I was just kind of curious if you could speak yeah. to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had been thinking about it. So when I first kind of relaunched, I thought I was going to be speaking a lot just more towards moms. I'm someone who's battled anxiety. I talk a lot about it online and I've had like just a little bit of a following of moms. And so it was like, oh, well, I could be speaking to moms who are running an online business. And then I started to just talk to people who were actually hiring me like, hey, why did you hire me? And some of them were moms, but they never mentioned, oh, because you're a mom who's good at organizing things. They were like, because of all the things I know you don't really talk about, like the fact that you have crystals in our session and the fact that you asked me to tap into my intuition, like that's the part of me that's never held in business conversations. And that's why they were hiring me. And I was like, well, shit, if I just got over worrying that my mom is going to be nervous and praying for me for the things that I do, like if I just (laughs) own it. Maybe I would actually attract the people that I love working with and that I know I can really make the big difference with. And so I think it was like two or three months ago, I was, I'm a member of a co-working space here and I was there for like five hours. My husband was like, I'll watch our son. You go get done what you need to do. And I was like, just hyper fixated on, I'm just going to bust this out. I'm going to change my name. And I looked up, I was like, intuitive business, intuitive mentor. And then I just found intuitive business mentor was available on TikTok. It was available on Instagram. It was available on everywhere. And so I was like, how does nobody have that? And so I decided to start calling myself an intuitive business mentor in part because there is like, there's beautiful, beautiful coaches out there who are really using coaching, but I've been in this long enough that I've seen a lot of people who are calling themselves a coach are really like consultants. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, here's my swipe copy for my 10 K launch. Like that's not coaching. That's more like consulting or delivery of a system. And I've always just loved more the like my superpower is helping to see people's potential and looking at it and asking them questions so they can step into their own answer. And I find that whenever I've been like, well, here's my vision for your business and get really aggressive about it, that it, it just gets people excited and they might not follow through. And so that's when I was like, mentor, I think mentor feels right. And as soon as I changed it, like five of my clients responded back and they were like, oh, this is perfect for you. This, you are a mentor. And so it just felt right. And I kind of just like haphazardly started changing it everywhere. And then there was broken links for a while. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to like focus and get this done. (laughs) But um, it felt right. It felt right because there are those sides of me that are about systems and Trello boards and organizing but the more I've been learning about myself and my own brain and neurodivergence, and like those are really crutches for my inability to be consistent with things unless I have systems. And you know what? A lot of healers and a lot of other people I like have those same like creatives, just people who are really creative tend to struggle with that right brain, left brain. And so I tend to attract a lot of people who are like, I'm so creative. I'm way out here. I'm airy. I'm, you know, like ADHD or whatever, whether it's a diagnosis or not, but just like, I need that side and then to help them feel safe. But it's not what I was finding people were drawn to me for. So now I just get to be me, which is really, really fun. <laughs> Yay. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an evolution. If anybody's listening and you're a small business owner, you're allowed to change. You're allowed to change your mind, change your links, change your handle, change anything you want to. If it feels like you're evolving towards, you know, like where you're meant to be. That's awesome. 
that's kind of how it felt whenever I was coming up with the name for yoga for all humans. Like oh, yeah? I was bouncing around ideas. And then whenever I finally landed on yoga for all humans, I was like, surely that's taken, you know, yeah. and like there was an Instagram handle, there was the TikTok handle, there was the Twitter, like it, so it was cool. all there. So I was yeah. like, all right, this needs to be there. Same right? with the podcast name. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. With I, the know. I was shocked that that has not been taken. To no, be honest. I was so shocked. Like yeah. I was like, yeah. how has someone not made, there's several happy hour podcasts. There's several yeah. small business podcasts, but never together, which I mean, that's because small business owners are working so much that they don't have time for happy hour. <laughs> that's totally what I told Derek. They're like dinner. I would like dinner. Because he came up with the name and I was like, I don't know if I love it. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah. you know, it's kind of an interesting concept. It gets the point across super quick. Yeah. And like, I don't think a lot of small business owners go to happy hour. That's like a corporate thing, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah, or maybe like it. a startup thing. Yeah. So it's funny how that's like the modern, like if the blog name is available, like you should do it. Okay. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> that's how, you know, it's fate. <laughs> totally. well, so that's a good segue into kind of my next question and how the podcast started okay. because you know, Holly was kind of going through a transition in life and we just kind of like had like a powwow at our apartment and just were, you know, just talking like, what does the future look like? Kind of like, mm-hmm. just like spitballing, you know, options for her future life. And in the back of my mind, you and I had worked together and done my human design. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was an emotional manifester. And one of the unique things is that my throat center was like completely open. And okay. you talked about that, like how I have things to say and all those good things. Yeah. And like in the back of my mind, I was like, I've always wanted to do a podcast, but you affirming that in my human design was actually where I got of my inspiration. <laughs> a little seed like, was planted. It, Yay. It was. <laughs> That's my that. Yeah. And it worked because that night, I don't even remember why or how we got on the topic, but I was like, yeah. would you be interested in doing a podcast? You know, because we were- I, I said, like, because I'm like a writer, a creator, and I'm yeah. like, gosh, I really want to like, I'm always thinking of new things that I can create, but so many of those like don't go anywhere. And it ends mm-hmm. up just me being like exhausted by doing that. If it brings yeah. me joy, like that's perfectly fine, but some of them don't, you know? Yeah, sure. And so that's how it came up was I was like, what can I create that can be like mm. something? And Derek was like, what about a podcast? And I was like, what the heck did we talk about? <laughs> like, <"Yeah>, anything? <laughs> anything. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how I can do it. And that, you know, my passion's obviously been about like just uplifting small business people. You know, same yeah. thing you're doing, Chelsea. And yeah you know, just giving more people a voice. So, yeah, you know, yeah. our mission is kind of like anyone that we can help, you know, because yeah. everyone needs it. Like, you yeah, know, a lot of people yeah. like to act like, you know, small businesses are the backbone of America, but it's not easy, you know, yeah. so we need all the support we can get. Yeah, for sure. No, I love the mission. And I, that's so cool that it was like, I think some of the best ideas are just spitballing and then especially if you're like your energy's meshed and then it becomes a mm. collaboration and you can hold each other like accountable because if one of you did this, you know, for me, I haven't, I actually haven't put an episode up. I have a podcast intuitive business by design and uh, on the little logo, it says every Tuesday. And I'm like, I should take that off. It makes me feel bad when I skip. <laughs> 
it's crazy because i don't know if this is true but uh another podcast i listen to they said it's like super rare for people launching a podcast to make it like to actually post the first podcast episode and then uh-huh. it's even more rare if you make it past episode 10 so after okay. the- we okay. did it you're over the yeah. hump. It, it says something like only one percent it's something wow. so small. yeah only make it past like 10 episodes uh-huh. because yeah. it is a total grind and you to like create a whole routine right a routine yeah. a routine around it Definitely and like when great. am i doing it and yeah, yeah i think i'm at episode to- maybe 55 um, so I've been doing it a little bit over a year. It started with the Your Routine Queen name and then I've like rebranded all of it and just kept the same URLs and all of that. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun. For a while, I was doing a lot of interviews. But then what I found is, you know, a lot of my business is really around the lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I'm a toddler mom, you know, in this season of life, I work until noon, five days a week. And today my son was sick. And so he couldn't go to preschool. So I got up and did a human design reading at 7am, like, you know, just kind of hustled to get it in. Um, and when I was doing, like, I was trying to do the podcast and like so many different things and then repurpose it over to YouTube. And like, uh, and I was like, no, what what's going to work in my life doing an audio podcast where I don't have to be showered. Like I can do it when I can, I can batch them for a while. I was really like batching four or five episodes at once and then mm-hmm. scheduling them out. But I was doing a lot of interviews, but then of course, you know, most people want to be interviewed at like 10 AM and that's in the middle of my limited work day. And so I've just, I've been making a lot of shifts, tuning into my own human design. And then also just like, why am I running this business? Yes. I'm running it to help the people like I am such an emotional person. I like cry when I talk to most of my clients. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. You're doing such amazing work. And so like, I really love it. Every once in a while, I'll be like, is this worth it? You know, should I just pull Emery out of school and and just like be with him? Because we plan to homeschool as he gets older. But I'm like, no, I really, this, this makes me whole. And it's the mission that I have. And I can have the purpose of being a conscious parent and the purpose of really kind of growing this, hopefully ripple effect of, of people going bigger online than they would have without my impact. And I'm like, they can both live together, but they just need to be like fit in my schedule. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like kind of hard to balance like both, like you yeah. have said before, like the creative and the the routine of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the human design of it all, I think is yeah. a really cool way that you kind of differentiate yourself. And we had... Our transitions coach was into human design and we've actually had like uh, another human design person. So like yeah, yeah. unintentionally, we've kind of like been in those had world. like kind of a theme of human design yeah. going on. Yeah. And like yeah. I had never heard of human design until you introduced me to it, Chelsea. And mm-hmm. Holly had never heard of it until we were getting ready to introduce or to interview our first person. And yeah. I told Holly about mine. So I'm curious how, I mean, I know how, but yeah, the, the people yeah, don't sure. know how you use human design to really tailor. Yeah. So what's fascinating to me is it kind of fell into my lap while I was creating my signature program, which is a mastermind experience. And I was lining up guest experts who I really respected and they were all like saying yes. And they were so excited. And every single one of them was like, well, will it be okay if I kind of weave in some human design so people can know why this might fall on them differently? Mm-hmm. Sure, that sounds cool. I don't know much about it. Let me run my chart. Let me see what this is. Yeah, that's, a, you know, that's a vibe, Jack. Let's do it. Yeah. And as, so I kind of got to be a student in my own program 
mm-hmm. because I was learning from these experts. Of course, my students are learning from me and then the experts, but I'm sitting there like, man, this makes so much sense. And so I started, I'm someone who just wants to master things that fascinate me and I go super deep. And so for like two or three months, I just had my chart out all the time. I was asking questions. I was listening to podcasts. And then I decided to sign up for a certification program because what I saw is even as I was just like surface level, bringing it into conversations with clients, it was helping me see why they were resisting taking action, which is a huge thing for a coach. If I can like help you see why the veil is in front of you, why you're taking action, people want results if they've hired someone. And the most important thing to me was that I was understanding how they best make decisions. So Mm -hmm. in human design, a lot of people know like, I'm a projector, I'm a manifester, I'm a generator. But when you start to look at strategy that goes with the type, and then there's seven different authorities and authorities, how you're best designed to make decisions. Small business owners make so many freaking decisions every single day, right? And so as I'm coaching someone, I would often be like, did this just make sense? Why are you not running with this? But as I started to actually see people through the lens of their chart while I was on sessions, I could see like, why don't we just create the business plan you want to run? I don't care if you think I want you to run it. Like I want you to be excited so that five years from now, you can still feel confident about the decisions that we're making today. Mm -hmm. And one of the values of my personal business is longevity. I think if you plan a business for what's going to happen next quarter, completely different vibe than if you're at least energetically planning for being around five years from now. Mm -hmm. And so if you're making decisions in an order that makes sense through mentoring, and then you trust the decisions you're making because you're learning how to leverage that authority and understand, are you emotional? Are you a sacral? Are you a splenic? What does that mean? And so I just started seeing these trends of two words, People who I did readings with or integrated into their into their session were coming back and saying, thank you for giving me permission to be myself and to do it the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so many of them were coming back and saying, I feel my purpose lighting up again because we get so bogged down in, am I supposed to be posting once a day or twice a day on TikTok, on Insta? Like we get lost in the weeds, but if you come back to like your chart, if it resonates with you and understanding it, it's like, it lights that fire up of why are you running a business? And so when I saw that theme, I was like, okay, I'm like wrapping this around everything. And so now when I have someone, whether I'm working with them privately or if they're in my mastermind, then I actually have the you know ability to have their chart up. And so we're looking at their business through the lens of human design. And I try to educate them as we go so that at the end, they can feel empowered to like, even if they take a little bit and feel 10% more in alignment with their chart, if it resonates with them, then it's like, okay, then you're 10% more likely to basically live out your design and have that purpose continue to flow. And that feels, that feels exciting to me. So that's how I kind of have all the same business strategies, but now I'm looking like your business, you know, Derek, what are you meant to do? You're a manifester. You need to go hire some people. You can't do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Slap you around. And, you know, but then when I talked, like I did a human design reading for a new client who's in my mastermind, um, Veronica, and she's an emotional generator. And so I, now I know, okay, we've got to tune into yes or no sacral questions. If we're deciding, do you want to do like a group program or a one-on-one? And then I've got to remind her to sleep on it 
because she needs a, to allow time for the emotional processing. And so because I'm a sacral, I make decisions real quick. We just went out to buy a couch. And we bought a couch. Like, who does that? Me. I'm like, this feels right. I like it. It's brown. It's on sale. Done. Deliver it Friday. Like, that's me. But my husband is an emotional projector. For So for the past week, I had to be asking him questions of, what would it feel like? If we got a new couch now, does it feel like the right time? What would you want it to feel like in the room? How do we want it to flow? I had to ask him questions. And then he's like game with all my stuff. And so then in the moment, he's like, yeah, baby, you figure out if this is the one. And if this is the price, like I trust you because I'm better at making game time decisions. I can feel it in my body. And so, you know, we kind of bring it into parenting and into decision making and relationships. But even in business, you just knowing your strategy, your type, your authority. And I have a free class, which I didn't send you guys a link over to, but I have a free class about how to align your online business with your human design. And even if some of your listeners are more like brick and mortar, it's the same thing. It's just learning like what, what level of self-awareness is helpful. Any, <laughs> any new level of self-awareness is helpful and different than like a lot of people ask me, how is this different from Enneagram? Like, I feel like that was a big trend. Maybe it still is. I'm not sure. Like Enneagram or personality tests or assessments like, you know, HR or hiring might use. And it's different because when, when you sit down to fill out a quiz to find out what Enneagram you are, you're sitting down with all your same baggage and limiting beliefs and your grandmother that told you that you was bad at something and your guidance counselor who told you would never amount to something. You're sitting down taking that quiz and filling it out through your own filter. But when sure. you look at your human design chart, it's showing what you were designed to do before all that baggage piled up. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to meet anyone who has no baggage. <laughs> and so like the yeah. human design experiment is experimenting with, if I bring more awareness to, if I flex this muscle of like getting more in alignment, am I living out more of my design? And I'm never someone to be like, you're a this, so you have to act like... I just think self-awareness shouldn't be a box that you step into of like, you're a projector, you have no energy. Like the, there's some people who are very doctrinal about all this. And I'm like, I don't know, how does it feel? What do you like about it? What resonates? Because if it doesn't spark for you, like it doesn't have to be your tool. But what I've seen in my own business is when I'm tuning into it, I have not only biggest cash months, like, you know, milestone things, but also just feel like I'm in flow. And we've all been there where you feel in flow and you feel not in flow and it's a big difference. And so that's been the biggest tool. Like to me, it's nice to know what's going on in astrology and the moons and, you know, the solar flares, like it's interesting, but I can't change that. Mm -hmm. But what I like about human design is I can literally change the course of my day or the course of what's happening in my business by tuning back into it. Maybe I'm just a control freak. <laughs> That's probably a new human it, design. Right? <laughs> 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 Holly, what were you again? You were a specific type of generator. I know. I'm like, I really should have known that coming into this. I'm like, oh, okay. well, if you're a generator, it's either going to say pure or sacral, which means the same thing or emotional. Do you remember? I'm like, my book is right over there. Should I grab it's it? Okay. You can. Yeah. This is your podcast. I'll, I'll kick off. The, yeah, right. I'll kick off the next question where you go grab it. Holly came up with this question, okay, which I thought was really profound. So, okay. whenever people are 
thinking about seeking out a mentor, a coach, is it something that people should be thinking of as like a lifetime partner? Uh, or is your goal yeah. like for people to get to a point where they don't need you anymore? Mm, that's a really good question. That was all and I feel like I feel like some people approach this differently. If you're in kind of my seat of being the coach or the mentor for me, when I consume, like when I hire a coach, I know that it takes a while to master things. And so I will get into someone's world, take a lower price course or a lower thing to see if I vibe, see if I am going to have to hide parts of myself. Cause I have been there with coaches where I was like, okay, I'm going to come get left brain strategy from her. But if I mention any of my woo woo stuff, I know that will be weird. So I'll just bridge mm-hmm. that over to my own stuff. And that's not my favorite because it's not allowing you to show up as who you are with whatever it is that you might not feel like completely safe in. Uh, but when I've hired someone who I'm like, I want to master this. I really want to understand what she's teaching or he's teaching. I give it like a two to three year relationship because I know that if I just duck in and duck out, like I tell my clients, a lot of my clients are trying to get to their first consistent 5k months. And there are literally, or 5,000 ways you can make $5,000 a month. You know, you could sell $5,001 things. You, You can break it down a bazillion ways. And If you come into a program, like let's say, for example, I have a month to month membership and then I have a mastermind and then I have some private coaching. And so if you come in, let's say to my four month mastermind, some people come into that and they get what they need. And I'm like, I'm not going to hard pitch you to keep working with me. Like if you got what you needed and there was a aha moment or there was a shift or there was a decision that you made in your business and that's why you came here and you got your value. I love that. And so every time I kind of graduate a series of students out of that program, there's a percentage who will then be like, I li- someone the other day said, how much would it cost for you to come live with me in my house in New Jersey? <laughs> Just tell me what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know. We could do like a VIP weekend or something. Um, but there's some people who are like, no, I need more accountability. I need higher touch. I need longevity. I need to go through seasons You know, there's one of my private clients right now who just messaged me recently and was like, I just want you to know my husband and I budgeted for me to be working with you the whole year, like, cause she's on a month to month. So she's like, I want us thinking yearly plan, not just what am I doing in my next newsletter? And that's helpful for me as the coach to know, because then I can be like proposing things that we back burner instead of feeling like we need to rush. So again, I'm someone who's like, I want to be in someone's world long enough to decide low level if if I'm going to stick around here. And then it's like, okay, I really want to get to a place of mastery being in your energy. For me, I just, there's people who come into my world who I do a one reading for and I never hear from them again. And I'm like, I wonder what happened. You know, I want to know what's going on in their business and in their life. But I know that especially based on my human design, that's very common. But then the people who come in and work with me that they're like, I I want to build this the way that you're saying, how do I do it? It's not going to happen overnight. And so I think there's a mix, like eventually there's one woman who I worked with um, that we did some private coaching actually at the same time that Derek and I were in private. It was um, Derek and Lisa were in my telegram every day and she launched (laughs) a monthly membership. She had a podcast, a really big following. She had a couple episodes that went viral. So she had this great community and wasn't monetizing it which happens more often than you would think of people who have like a following. And so we crafted over the course of 60 days, a membership 
And then it was so cool that now it's up and running. And she invited me to be a guest speaker in her membership. And I was like, I love this, right? And I was like, if you ever need me, let me know. You can, you know, pop in for a one-on-one session or something. But she really got some of the foundational stuff that she doesn't have to redo. And so that if you make decisions that you trust, you don't have to scrap it and start over. So, you know, for me, I think it's a mix of how I like to interact with people. Some people ping in and ping out. Those that are there for the mentoring know that it's more of like a season, whatever that means for them. And um, yeah, I think I think there's some people who in the coaching space are constantly pitching the next thing. Like if you don't join my next thing, you're not taking your business seriously. I think that's pro marketing. I think that feels shitty on the receiving end to be like, uh, I am taking it seriously. I also don't want to have $10,000 on my credit card (laughs) accounted to you. So I think it's a a blend of really how people learn, how quickly they execute. That makes sense. That's a really good question. I think there's a lot of different takes on it, but that's my take. Okay. I got my book. Oh, okay. What does your book say? Ellie has you? a whole book. Yeah. <laughs> she that was her Christmas Aww. present to herself. Yeah. It's so fun. And um, look at that. I haven't read it. Um it, I'm a manifesting generator's sacral authority. Is that oh, cool? Okay. Yeah. So as a manifesting generator, you have really big energy tone. Like I, I talk to Manny Jens, sometimes they are called Manny Jens of owning you, <laughs> owning your bigness. Like the big energy that potentially as a kid, you're, you know, who knows what your experience was, but a lot of parents will be like, you just, you know, you take so much energy and you're trying to do all these things, or you might be conditioned and feel like you're a quitter because maybe you've had like so many different interests over the course of time or like sign up for ballet and then you get excited about something else and you don't want to do ballet. But as an entrepreneur, it can mean you can have a podcast and be doing freelancing. Like you can have your hands in different things. And as a sacral, you got to follow what lights you up. Like what gets you excited? Because if you start saying yes to things that don't get you truly excited and aren't a sacral yes is when we tend to get into burnout and just feeling like a workhorse. I don't know if that has ever happened for you, but like, I have a lot of energy. So people would just pile projects onto me and be like, she'll get it done, especially in corporate. And I can do that to myself too. And I'm, it's not very kind when I do that. So really like following what excites you and what lights your body up. If that like, you know, when people say I've got a full body, yes, or I'm feeling pulled towards something that language tends to be from a sacral. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what are you, Derek? You're an emotional an emotional manifester. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So his type is manifester. His authority is emotional. emotional. And so your type is manifesting generator and your authority is sacral. Okay. And so sacrals are very black and white, like yes or no, mm-hmm. this or that. And often we'll even like what you just did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I saw your body shake and you were like, uh-huh. Yep. That's a very sacral thing to do. Like I could have guessed your authority. Um, <laughs> people who don't have a sacral authority don't tend to do that, which is so funny when someone pointed it out to me, because it's literally, if you picture your sacral is kind of like your pelvic floor area. Right. And so if something is a yes and your body is nodding, what happens? Your whole body moves. Mm-hmm. And so some people do like pendulum swinging or body dowsing. And you can picture that like front to back. And a lot of sacrals will be like, uh-huh, and lean forward a little bit if something's really an aligned yes. And it took me a while to decondition. I'm a former lawyer. 
like pro con list, risk benefit analysis, like nothing could be based on how I felt. It had to be based on research and based on what I thought was going to be best for the client. And so a lot of people, regardless of your authority, do have some level of conditioning of like, but can I trust that? Can I trust that my gut and my rocking and my uh uh-huh is like what I should be doing? But I even do it for like silly things. Like when we were just buying this couch tonight, it was like, is this the right one? Like I'm just sitting there body rocking. <laughs> the guy's like checking our, you know, checking the sale price. I'm like, but when I follow it, even sil- silly things, like, you know, especially as potentially a workhorse, a generator, um, you know, I can just, oh, I'm just going to plow through and get this last email out. And I'll just tune in like, do I need a break? Yeah, yeah, I need a break. Why don't I go take a break? And then sometimes when I really am intentional about that while I'm maybe going out of the bathroom or stretching on my yoga mat and then I come back, Sometimes it'll literally be like that person replied back and was like, oh, I don't need that anymore. Great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, just like little things, the more you can tune into your body and learn your design, it really just does increase flow and ease. And for a lot of people, it reduces resistance because we can get real stuck in patterns that are resistance and not see it for ourselves, right? Like not just in business and anything to be like, that's unhealthy. Why am I staying in relationships that are unhealthy? I don't know. Just what I do. You know, we can, we can all get stuck in that. And so self-awareness through human design, helpful, having a mentor who kind of like gets you helpful. You know, there's so many things that can, can be helpful for that. I think something you said earlier about clients that you've had say, you know, you give them permission and they're tapping back into their core purpose or their passion. I know that that's probably true, but hearing you say that, like that almost makes me like so sad that people Mm -hmm. lose that along the way. Like that's the whole reason you want to be a small business owner, you know, know. you have something different than everyone else, but it's like, I feel like that is like corporate America, just like sucking the life out of all of us, getting people to do things the same way as everyone else, because it's like, is that idea? Capitalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the theme well, of season I one. Bring it back. Ah, I always bring it back to capitalism. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even when I was a lawyer, every year I would set up. So I was in Maine at the time and I would set up maybe a couple hundred LLCs, like, you know, companies to set up. And then the next year we'd have to be in touch with them about annual reports of like, are you still around? And there would be an alarming chunk that we just couldn't get in touch with anymore. And then some that would write back and it would literally make me cry. They would be like, I poured my heart and soul into this and I just can't get it off the ground. And I'm going back to corporate. And it just felt like, oh, I feel so sad for you. But so many business owners, you know, like you can feel like a statistic, but so many business, Mm -hmm. small business owners are not going to make it. And so Mm -hmm. why not do something you love and try it? If there's a likelihood you're going to fail anyway, why not listen to your body and see what might be fun and see what might work? You know, I think we can just beat ourselves up so much, but small business owners have a certain grit and tenacity of like, I believe this can work. And then I would have some of my clients, gosh, some of the little baby startups that I like wrote their first contract for and now are like national franchises, you know, like a decade later, they've grown without me. And I'm like, ah. you're doing so good. You know, like it does happen for people. And, you know, I appreciate people on their journey, wherever they are. And I think 
That's what gets me excited is like, I get just as excited to help someone get their first $11 sale of something, you know, like it worked, your link worked, someone bought it, your marketing brought someone in. Like that's exciting. That's just as exciting to me as someone like really wanting um, scaling and marketing and let me get to my six figures or seven figures. Like it's all the same thing. It's just at a different pace. Mm -hmm. I really like business if you guys can't tell. <laughs> but business for good, you know? For yeah. Good, yeah. I mean, gosh, there was things that I was businesses and movements that I was counseled to as a lawyer when I didn't have a choice that I'm like, yeah. man, that I really had to swallow a pill on wow, I'm legal counsel to someone who I ethically do not feel like I want to represent because I was, you know, I had a boss at the time and I never want to feel that way again. If I'm working yeah. for myself and making all these sacrifices, like, you know, being it's tax season, right? When we're recording this, I don't know when we'll come out, but it's like, man, if I just had one W2 to send to my accountant, but instead I have payroll right. and an HRA right. and I've got mileage and I've got this and I've got that. My husband's horrible at tracking. So I got to get down on him. Like being yeah. a small business owner is the harder choice. Yeah. Just like being like outside the matrix in whatever way you want to be is the harder choice. But if yeah. you feel passionately about it, then banding together with people who get it, I think is the only way to get that like fast track to really build your belief and get your actions going because anyone can talk you out of it. You know, on a bad day, someone can be like, oh, that little, you should totally go get a full time job. What are you doing? You need benefits. You need insurance. You need all this stuff and on a bad day. You can be like, yeah. I should probably do that. Sounds, sounds easy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm juggling both right now. So yeah, I get it, yeah, you I've know, been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. If I had marked down every time someone said that, that to me. Yeah. I don't even want to know. Holly's grandma I'm, I'm just helpful. killed her. <laughs> you said earlier, did you catch that she said something about like the baggage and she was saying like your grandma said you can't do this? I'm like, did, did she did she know what we just talked about? <laughs> I didn't catch that. So in our oh, in our intro for tomorrow's episode. <laughs> Holly's grandma gave her shit this week. So. Oh, <laughs> always giving me shit. I blocked her on Facebook. I told her stop. Uh, stop. Leave me alone, grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, grandma. <laughs> yeah. One oh, of the best things that I did last year was created all new accounts. And I do think like my Instagram stories still populate over to Facebook and my family's on there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to like lose the visibility there because my aunt is crazy. But, yeah. you know, it just made me feel like this is a safe space for me. And I am very liberal with the block everywhere. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got a weird vibe block. You're my cousin who does not understand what I'm doing. Block like. It, this is where I work. If I went to an office, I could say, you can't come in. This is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've been really seeing like my online digital space is my safe zone. And if there's anyone that comes into it that I just don't feel safe or I don't feel like I can speak my authentic voice, like I'm not going to water myself down for that. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I always wonder sometimes like if my parents 
click through to find things. And, you know, I love them. We have very different values, you know, kind of belief sets. And I know that they like pray over me for so many of the things. I like prayers. Go for it. I love that. I'm not the one that's judging. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. One of the things I did skim in my book says that like my, I don't know exactly what it is, but it says something about how like I am meant to like show others that the path does not have to be linear and that there are yes you're meant to like the word quantum leap is big for you like you can compress timelines if someone Mm -hmm. comes into your space and you know they are working with you there's the ability for them someone could say holly i've literally been working on this for six years and in six minutes you just fixed this like what the heck and that's very natural for you and it can happen for yourself as well to be like, I'm from here to here and like really big growth, but it's, it's more in like your guidance of others and you can just see to the heart of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, if that's part of my mission to like show that there's like, you don't have to live this like traditional linear path, like yeah, all about it. Yeah. So yeah. Hey grandma. love you and that's really hard that is so hard okay well last question because we're running out of time and i know you you are a busy lady are there specific industries and this is holly's question i'll I'll give her credit to this again um are there specific industries that you feel like tend to need more guidance or is it more about mm. the owner or human design, if you will? Yeah, maybe it's mm. human design types. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I think now that I see who tends to hire me, for example, um, mm-hmm. I attract, so I, we won't go into the weeds of this, but I am a one, three generator, like the profile. There's always a fraction somewhere on your chart. And if any of your listeners want to run your chart somewhere that's not like a skeevy site, uh, there's a link. You can go right to my website or you can go to www.runyourchart.com. I own that. It's not going to collect any information, but it's always going to say a, um, a fraction. One, three is mine. And so the one in me is like there for intense mastery, right? And condensing things down to be like, okay, I'll go learn it all. And then I'll just kind of like bring it out to you guys. And uh, line ones tend to buy from other line ones because we're very detail oriented and you want to like trust that someone actually knows their shit and that they're like going to, you know, I'm the person that reads all the FAQs on a sales page before I join a program and most people don't care. So I provide that. So I tend to attract a lot of other like detail oriented people. I, um, but I honestly feel like anyone who is doing a solopreneur thing, that's challenging. Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't hire me, like hiring someone, you know, where you're a freelancer, like there might be someone who creates a community in your space, even if it's like a $55 monthly thing or like being in the energy of other people doing your specific thing, Mm. I think is invaluable to anyone because we all feel like silos. And then, you know, especially where I tend to work with people who are just like you in the same scenario, Holly, where maybe for different reasons, if someone kind of comes out and says, I'm a medicine woman. And their family is like, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) So now not only are they running an online business in a silo, but a lot of my clients, people don't understand inherently what they do. Like, yeah. oh, I'm a plant yeah. medicine guide. I'm a breathwork facilitator. I remember the first time, like 10 years ago, someone told me they did breathworking. I was like, 
you teach people to breathe. We do that every day. <laughs> like that's not a very good vocation. But now that I understand like the impact, right? And yeah. so a lot of, if you're in an industry that feels like you're in a silo, I think mentoring within your niche is so valuable or being in a community, even if it's low level to like get on Zoom calls and hear people. But then especially if you feel misunderstood, either because your industry is misunderstood or it's hard to articulate or... You know, just thinking from a human design standpoint, um, I also tend to attract a lot of people with undefined throat centers. So that was, I think, something I shared in your human design reading, Derek. And since you brought it up, I have a defined throat with a lot of activation. And so a lot of people will come to me and be like, were you recording that? Because you just said what I do and I don't even know how to regurgitate it back. But it's like I can speak the words that people are kind of jumbling around and be like, oh, this is what you do. And so messaging kind of comes really through for me. And so a lot of people who are kind of like yin and yang for me of like, maybe they don't have a defined G center of like, who am I? And maybe when they're working with me, I have a really strong defined G center. I'm like, this is who you are. How do you not see it? Like, this is your gift, right? And so I think a lot of people, if you look into human design, like understanding your centers and your profile can be really interesting to think about why you might be drawn to certain mentors, but I just think anything that cuts the learning curve is also going to help cut your earning curve. And let's be honest, when you're a small business owner, if you're not earning at a certain point, you got to fish and cut bait, like go back to the full-time job. You can't like finance your dreams for that long on credit cards. And so I think being, even if it's a lower level, like that's why I created, I have a monthly membership about how to turn your purpose into profit. And it's like, exploring a strategy every month and then a human design element so that over time you're kind of evolving. And I wanted to have that lower price point thing because there's so many people that just like want to be on a Zoom call and be learning something and moving, like dipping their toe into business coaching, but not a big investment. And in most industries, you can find someone who's doing something similar, like a lower investment. Let me see if this vibe works or a course or something. Um, But I think honestly, we all feel like islands trying to create these big movements and the more we can band together and find the person that kind of activates you. I think it's a good thing. My job. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this was helpful. Gosh, I just love, you know, the mission of what you're doing with this podcast and just giving people a voice and connecting people to meet resources that they might not otherwise meet. Because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in this economy, man. So just like super small diatribe. So we just went through mold remediation, like massive mold sickness oh, yeah. remediation. We got rid of like my husband and I go back and forth. Did we get rid of 80 or 90% of our belongings? Like a lot of stuff went into a dumpster Dang. and it was so cleansing. Like in the moment you're like, I'm throwing away this thing that my grandmother gave to me. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but I have to, it has porous mm-hmm. materials and it could make us sick for years to come. Yeah. And so it's just been interesting to see what you do need. Like I've got my little laptop. I've got a microphone. I have my walking pad, like to be a small business owner. Of course, if you're a brick and mortar business owner, it's so different, but you know, yeah. like when it, what it comes down to what you really need is like your gifts, your expertise, your knowledge, your personality, that's going to deliver it so differently from anyone else, your human design, yeah. And we all just need to be getting louder, taking up more space online if you're trying to go online, because I really think these like big names that really grew during the peak of everybody getting online and onto social media, Uh people are getting a little bit tired 
of like the big names kind of speaking down to the small business and person who's starting. And we can be doing that together. You don't yeah. have to be like a hundred steps ahead of someone to give value. You can be like three steps ahead, but having a unique spin or a unique system or method and then turn around and help someone. We're all just smiling for those who can't see us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to You can do it. it. You're so inspiring. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, yeah. I feel inspired all over again. You know, thank you for I'm having sure you me. Too, Holly. So cool. It's always, I know like we've had several guests that are just thankful to be able to like talk about what they do with someone that is listening and maybe half understands what they're saying, which to your mm -hmm. point is like exactly what you said. Like mm -hmm. we're all so yeah. much in silos. And I think especially people that are in corporate America or maybe they yeah. are more right brained. It's like, they don't understand like taking that other path that's more mm -hmm. risky. And so it's like, which is something I didn't even think about when we started this podcast. Like I was solely mm -hmm. thinking about just giving people the platform yeah. and it's like, yeah, man, like if, especially if you're working by yourself, like you don't have anyone to like converse with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. And maybe you have a spouse or a partner or someone who cheers you on and maybe you don't, you know, you like don't. Yeah. Right. you don't know everybody's story when they, show up to share. And, and sometimes it's like, I just need someone to believe in me today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. That's so awesome. where can people find you? Yeah. So I am now intuitive business mentor on Instagram and TikTok. I'm working with a social media coach. So I'm like really consistent right now. You can come <laughs> find my content. We'll see what happens after. Um, but I also have intuitive business by design podcast. There are a bunch of episodes you can go binge, even if I'm not doing it every single Tuesday. And um, I do have, so I'll drop a, I think I sent in the show note kind of like links. You can go to intuitive business mentor Dot com and there's also a link it's intuitivebusinessmentor.com slash hd chart you can go run your chart and i can also put a link to the free class that talks about how you can align your business with your human design it's just like very basic but helps people to really start to think about what they could shift um, it's really good conversation starter if you're new to human design so any of those would be good places to start and if you start following me like literally dm me i am the least salesy person i just like dm me and say i heard you on holly and derek's podcast because i <laughs> love knowing how people find one another and the tethers and the connections so definitely do not be scared to reach out to me i'm not going to pitch you i just like to know like how are people finding one another so if you come follow me on social media say hello yay yes i second that <laughs> Definitely approachable and not salesy. So how much of your wine out of your jelly glass did you drink? I'm down to just a couple sips. Oh, wow. oh good. <laughs> good. I'm going to go take You're an Epsom great. salt bath and like chill out the rest of the night. <laughs> I can hear my son good. sleep. So. You deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. Well, have a good night. It was so great to Thank you. see you again and we'll see yeah. each other again soon. <laughs> Yay. Well, have a good night. It was Thank so good you. to see you. I appreciate you guys. Keep doing your good work. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at orangejulias7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at yoga with Derek. And that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for Yoga for All Humans, 
It is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour. Or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.